You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service. And now, for this week's sermon. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We all look through the world through different lenses, different pairs of glasses, and it has an impact on how we act towards one another and how we feel about ourselves. One of the books that's had quite an impact on me is this one. I don't know if any of you have read it. It's called Watching the English by Kate Fox. It's not about the Scots or the Irish. It's specifically about the English. And instead of looking at other societies, she's a social anthropologist, she looks back at us in England and she notes some interesting features about our society. So take queuing, for example. So ingrained is queuing in our lives that if you think about it, if you are waiting for the bus at the bus stop and there is no one else there in your head, you're at the front of the queue. And even if someone else comes along, they will let you on first because it is so ingrained in our culture that queuing for English is very important. The rule is also that takes place in a bar where there is no visible queue. But by, if someone gets served before the person in front, then there's a problem. Um, The skill of those who work in a bar isn't actually uh, spilling the drinks. It's the fact that you're working out the cues that everyone gets served in order. Lots of things make us English. Another thought, gardening. In the front garden, you are allowed to talk to passers-by and your neighbours. In the back garden, if you're English, you're thinking, if you're in the back garden, no one talks to me, this is my precious space, no one talks to me. Another aspect, perhaps, um, if you are English. There are bigger influences um, on us than just our country, but also the influence that the, uh, that the wider society, the wider culture uh, that in which the country finds itself. So until recently, for example, in China, you were part of the larger system. You did not work for yourself. You weren't the most important unit. It was the system that was the unit. And you were brought up to believe in the system, to work for the system, to die for the system. The whole was greater than the sum of its parts. And we know that now perhaps capitalism has taken over, but the point stands. In the West, the individual is important. There, the whole was more important. The last example is, I don't know if you've seen on social media, there's a a picture of a group of African children looking for sweets. And no one eats the sweets until everyone in the group has found one of the sweets. Then they all sit down together in a circle and enjoy the sweets together. Here the point is that no one can enjoy the sweets if one person is missing out. Again, a slightly different lens through which you can look at life. We in the West sometimes miss out quite a lot when we look at the Bible. Our tendency is to look at everything from the perspective of the individual. Individual, we need to win. 
We need to have the best. We need to grab. We need to improve. GDP needs to increase. My family unit is the unit that needs to be protected at all times above all else. And this Western perspective sometimes hides some biblical truths. One of these truths is that the story of salvation is not for humans, or shall I say, not just for humans. Our Western lens sometimes makes us see individuals as the most important unit. The death of Christ on the cross and the resurrection um, does not save us, or it does not save only us. The story has been turned into, you have sinned, you turned to God, Jesus died for you, now you must turn. Clearly that's true, but it's not the whole story. It's not just about you. We've westernized the gospel. The biblical meaning is that salvation is for the whole of creation, the whole of the cosmos. For God so loved the world that he gave the one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The world here means the cosmos. It is not just humankind. It is the animals. It is the plants. It is the landscape. It is the atmosphere, the moon, the stars, the planets. The story of salvation is for the whole of creation. And we're asking today to understand how we can find God through creation. When I was a younger churchgoer, heading towards my Brethren Church and my Baptist Bible College and my Pentecostal meetings, there were lots of questions around about what happened to people who had not turned to God, or our version of turning to God. What happens to the people who have not heard the good news if they live in the Amazon? The answer? Learn their language, get into their culture, and tell them about Jesus. What happens to all the Muslims? Answer? Learn their language, get into their culture, and tell them about Jesus. What happens to all the Mormons? Answer? Tell them of their wicked ways and let them hear about Jesus. That's literally what we were taught. And as for the Catholics, well, they were beyond the pale. Other questions, though, at the time. What happened to children who died if they hadn't heard or been able to understand the gospel? Some difficult questions for those who followed that train of thought. Of course, the reality is is that God is revealed to humanity in two different ways. By general revelation and specific revelation. The general, by seeing God in creation and seeing God in those around us, and the specific in Jesus the Christ. This is the biblical principle. And we heard it in our reading in Romans today. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Psalm 19, the heavens are telling the glory of God. Acts 14, God did not leave without witness in that God gave rains from heaven and fruitful seasons satisfying your hearts. Everyone can see God in creation and in each other. My personal perspective is that many people actually follow Jesus across the planet. They may just simply not know his name yet. We see God through nature, 
through the joy of animals, through the provision of food, through the landscape, through looking at the stars in the pitch black and the fact that the more you look, you keep on seeing more and more and more. You see God through poetry and prose. Those of you uh, will know that you, I think you can see the general revelation through Barry Manilow lyrics, as I shared about a year ago. However, this general revelation isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card. If God speaks to humanity through creation, people need to be careful that, again our reading, although they knew God, some people neither glorified nor gave thanks. Their thinking became futile. If God is to be found through creation, and if God communicates with us through creation, we need to be good stewards of that which is created. Those who do not know the name of Jesus are required to respect creation. We who know the name of Jesus are required to protect this creation, partly so that others can find the divine through creation. There are many reasons to protect the environment. I don't need to overly rehearse these. We need to protect the Amazon because of the impact on oxygen produced. We need to stop climate change as the poles melt, the sea levels rise, communities are destroyed, lands flooded, populations move as a result. Weather patterns destroy crops and the like, and we see it in the news. But there's also a sense in which we directly blaspheme when we do not protect creation. The Bible clearly states that God takes delight in creation and God saw everything that was made and saw that it was good. From the Psalms, may the glory of God forever endure because God rejoices in her works. The heavens tell of the glory of God. God rejoices in the works of creation and because they are praising him. Praise God, sun and moon. Praise God, all you shining stars. We protect the environment not for us or not only for us. That is potentially the wrong lens because it puts us at the centre. We need enough food. We need people not to be deplaced. We need people not to be affected by climate change. All correct. But we protect the environment because God created the cosmos and God takes delight in it. We see God through it. We are not to mar the image of God lest we not see God clearly and lest others not see God clearly through that which is created. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk